starting to become a habit that I'm opening these episodes with like <laughs> catastrophe stories. Yeah, man. What is these pipes growing, going, going wonky and now your electricity? What'd you do? Break. Okay. This is, I'll try to keep this short so that I don't bore everybody, but it, <laughs> it does end with um, fireworks, I guess you could say. <laughs> All right. So awesome. was it yesterday or the day before? Um, actually to set up the story a little bit better. I have a reclining chair. That's by the window. So the left of the reclining chair, I have a coffee table that has a few things on it that are plugged into a wall plug. And the chair is, because it's a reclining chair, it has power. It's plugged into the wall plug. And on the other side of that, I have a lamp and a HomePod. And the lamp is like from 1960-something. It was one of my grandparents' lamps. Right. And so I've got all this stuff running. Half of it's running into... Had all this stuff, half of it running into... A surge protector plugged into this wall plug. And then I... Have you ever seen those things? You know, like your normal wall plug only has two plugs. Yeah. But you can screw in a different face on it that gives it six. Have you ever seen that? Uh, no. Okay. Oh, I'll, I'll find a picture later and put it up on the Instagram. Screw, And I know ones where you just plug it in and then it just makes more. Yeah. This one, it, you actually screw it into the faceplate. So I had one of those plugged in. And I'm watching TV, sitting in the chair the other night. And I hear this pop. I'm like, what the fuck was that? And then I smell... I don't know if you've ever smelled electricity. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that metallic smell. No, it happens every Sulfur. time. Yeah, before every uh, time we record and I plug my um, power supply for my laptop in, in this room. Mm-hmm. I have a little extension cord coming out of the wall and it's got um, a little fan and a TV plugged into it. But when I plug into the backside, every single time... It's like those toys that we had when we were little where, uh, like with a Godzilla toy, where if you rolled the little spinner, <laughs> it like sparked in its mouth. That happens inside this thing every time. And you get a quick, you know, little whiff of ozone and uh, a couple sparks pop out. Um, yeah, so I have that happen um, every every Monday. Ooh, that sounds fun. Monday, yeah, I, I keep, I keep waiting for it to light on fire. But. <laughs> might want to take care of that one day. <laughs> eh, I'll get around to it. So anyways, like this thing pops, I smell that and I'm like, oh, that's not good. That's not, I know what that smell means. So I unplug everything and I'm looking and I'm like, you know what it was? It was probably, a, I, I, pop, I blew the fuse mm-hmm. on this um, surge protector. Mm-hmm. So I'm smelling it. I'm like, yeah, I guess the smell's kind of coming from there. So I threw the surge protector away. And now I'm looking at that thing that I have plugged in the wall that makes two plugs into six. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need that. Let's just get rid of that too. So I threw that away, just went back to the two plugs. Yeah, old school. Kicking it old school. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, there's only two plugs there. So I found, you know, I moved some things around across the room so that there's only two things plugged in there. And then yesterday, I'm sitting there and no sound, but I get that smell again. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's when it's scary. And I'm like, oh, yeah, kids, for anybody that doesn't know anything about electrical, if you get that smell, there's a part of your brain that's thinking, is that in the wall? Yeah, my wall. There's a there's a fire inside my wall right now. Yeah, so like basically, if I guess there's going to be a lot of visual 
aids for this episode. <laughs> when when you have a socket in a wall, there's there's usually at least two screws on it. Three mm-hmm. if it's if it's a modern house. Our house is old, so we don't have a ground um, because it was pre 1962. So there's nothing grounding it. But we have, for all intents and purposes, you have a positive and a negative going in. It's not really what they are, but from battery terminology, you guys will kind of get that. Right, right. So when you, when the wires that go into these copper wires, they're covered in plastic. You've all seen this before. The reason that they're covered in plastic is because if they don't, they will shoot electricity off the wire and ground to the nearest metal thing. Hmm. So that insulation prevents that so that the electricity only comes out the end of the wires. Um, So when you have something like that in the wall, what can happen is that insulation melts off and then it could spark to something in the wall. And then that's how you get electrical fires that you guys hear about all the time. You know, this house burned down because of electrical fire. It's because the insulation melted off Mm -hmm. of the wire. So you, you, you take it out and you look for that kind of stuff. So I'm like, oh, fuck take take this plug out and replace this plug so today i go you know nothing's plugged in so the 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 circuit's not complete so there's nothing to worry about i go to home depot buy everything and even got some rubber gloves so i'm like oh just extra level of protection if it's sparking and come home and i'm like all right i'll replace it tomorrow i come home today i so the home pod and the chair where i i sent them to a, a plug a different plug, just those two things plugged into it. And I'm sitting on my bed hmm, 15 minutes ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> looking at something on my phone. I think I was reading a book or something on my phone. And I get up off the bed and I step over the cord, the home pod cord. And when I step over it, no, actually, what clar- needs clarification, I'm not using the chair at the time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I'm not using the HomePod at the time. These things are not being used. They're just plugged in. I step over the cord and it sparks. Did you touch the cord? Nope. What? Just stepped over it, which means that just, it was trying just to... Just your own, your own body... Electricity. It was trying to arc to my foot, essentially. Yeah, yeah the inherent... Yeah, the, the water that's in your body and the electricity that you... Yeah, yeah, okay. So I'm, I have carpet in this room, so I'm thinking, fuck, Static. okay. I reach down and I grab the cord. You know, I got to yank the cord. I got to unplug it. You know, I don't want the spark to like this, you know, whatever. Right, this, yeah. The asbestos carpet that you have. Yeah. When I go to grab the cord, the cord arcs to my hand. Oh! So for anybody that doesn't know what that means, it means I reach for the cord and electricity jumped off the cord into my hand. To me. <laughs> And uh, as you can imagine, that was not fun. It did. I did not get burned, but I did get charred. Almost close. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the designation to whether or not you send a steak back at a restaurant. Yeah, it's just charred. Okay, I'll keep it. Is this burnt? Send it back. I mean, not me. I'll eat it either way. But <laughs> most people. Yeah, this is this is the smoke before the fire, essentially. So if you look at the Instagram, you guys will see the the char marks on my your, finger. Your pretty dainty fingers. They're poor yes. little. My Black piano city. fingers. Yeah. <laughs> my my short piano fingers, though. Yeah. For me, with yeah. this one, every time I plug it in and that happens, it's one of those just like a, a, a pause and a wait. And nope, no fire. All right. Carry about my business. <laughs> yeah. I so, think that's something people don't realize is that when you have something plugged in, it's always drawing power. Like, even though you turn it off, 
like it's still that that socket is still performing an electrical job you know yeah that's what alternating current is yeah but people don't realize that yeah so i mean not to give you guys a complete lesson on this alternating current just means that there's electricity in the lines at all time moving back and forth alternating living moving whereas direct current when you if you had direct current which is what thomas edison invented when you not invented but uh pioneers yeah pioneer is a good word for it what direct current would mean when i turn on my tv i have to wait for the power to come from the power station all the way through the cables to my tv whereas alternating currents are sitting there so yeah everything is that's why they say you know if you want to conserve electricity unplug things when you're not using them yeah because it won't use electricity because the circuit's no longer complete but yeah it's not it's not fun it's not it's and <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of fun taking that HomePod to the Apple store and going, hey, so... I have a complaint. <laughs> this shot electricity at me. <laughs> because I was talking to my uncle. My uncle's done a lot of electricity. I called him. That's kind of what the mm-hmm. delay for the recording was. I called him before. I wanted to catch him before he went to bed. And I'm like, so, do you think it's the wall, even though it's a different plug? And he's like, uh, nope. He's like, if it shot off the cord, he says, then the problem's where it shot off of. Yeah, I'm like, well, then that's the HomePod. Your little robot tried to kill me. Yep, Siri, you vindictive bitch. The uprising <laughs> has begun. Ah, uh, uh, scouts. Yeah. Uh, so let's see where we at. Um, we have a couple uh, questions we got to answer. We have questions. Yeah, I asked you a question last week, and you answered. Oh, you want to start with the questions right now? Okay. Hey, man, we ended it. We might as well start with it. All right. You want to do yours first or mine? Uh, I can do it with mine. All right. So the question to me was health benefits to using Mm -hmm. a bidet, if I remember correctly. And from what I can gather, there are health benefits. There's health benefits to almost everybody that uses them. Um, The most kind of one that makes most sense to me is people that suffer from any type of like bowel conditions, such as, you know, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis. Um, constipation, hemorrhoids, and the good old trusted, tried and true diarrhea. Um, and it seems that, I mean, it makes sense if you think about it, Of especially, you know, if you've ever experienced irritation from going to the bathroom and using old-fashioned sandpapery toilet paper. Uh, it just exacerbates any kind of issue you have down there and makes it for an uncomfortable existence. Especially if you're a wiper, not a dabber. Right, which I've never really understood the dabbing thing. I mean, not just the, the, the new age weird dabbing thing, but like the old school, you know, wipe and dab. Um, you know, so I'm a, I'm a furry fella. I got a bit, of, a, a bit of body hair on me in different areas, some patchier than others, some, you know, more concentrated. Everybody but, is picturing your butthole right now. Hey man, that's a, that's, that's what you just did with the magic of words. If that's what's in your brain. I mean, we are talking about pooping, and where else do you poop from? But your butthole. Uh, yes. But I think there was actually a, a, a. I never watched the show, but I think it's Park Parks and Rec with uh, mm-hmm. Chris Pratt. I'm, he I'm a, halfway through. Good show. Okay. I never watched it, but I hear good things. Um, but I was told about a, a an episode and a scene where I guess Chris Pratt and somebody else are talking to a doctor. I think. And he brings up like something about, you know, Doc, why is it that when I poo, 
my wipe just never ends. It's like it's a marker down there. <laughs> and I, without seeing it, I totally relate because, you know, I don't get it. Maybe it's like, maybe I'm, I'm too tense and I don't like get everything out. Or it's just I'm too furry. And it's like, you know, peanut butter and shag carpeting. Beautiful poetry. Beautiful yeah. poetry. My words, my words, Smith. <laughs> um, peanut butter seems like a <laughs> mildly decent transition to survival in the woods. <laughs> yes. But anyway, so yeah, the bidet, you know, health benefits is it helps uh, um, make things easier if you're, you know, if you're having issues when it comes to the, um, the poop shoot. Um, instead of using, you know, irritating toilet paper. Yeah, especially if you have like hemorrhoids. Yeah, and then it's all, you know, also feels good, you know. A little, little, yeah. little tickle in your... A uh, little, little mental health as well. Yeah, tickle in your taint. Yeah, it couldn't hurt. A little warm water, a little splashy splash. I wouldn't mind that instead of getting electrocuted. <laughs> <laughs> especially in the butthole. <laughs> yeah, not fun. Um, So I have a question about your question. Mm-hmm. When you say survive... In, I think you the word you use was wilderness. The wilderness, the wild, wild, the wilderness. Um, yeah. for a month. What do you mean by survive? I, I mean, am, am I being dropped in a helicopter with nothing but the clothes I'm wearing? Like, what? What's what's I was thinking? Like, like if you let's go simple. Like, if you like went on like a camping trip that like was only supposed to be a week, and something happened, and you had to stay out there for like three more weeks. Mm. Like, would you be able? Like you. You brought you brought latte, you know. You got at least some shelter. It's not like the, I don't know if you ever saw the TV show Alone on History. No, but they I know just, what it is. Yeah, they they send out you know I think how many to start with it starts with like five or six people, and they drop them off into some you know I think they first did it in one of the many many islands in the Canadian wilderness, um, and uh, they're given before they go like a list of some things are allowed to bring and you know obviously nothing that's going to make their time too easy um like if you're going to bring a machete you can't bring that you know they kind of give you some guidelines and uh they don't you have no connection you have a camera so you're supposed to do everything you know um man versus wild style where you uh you got to set up the camera do everything and film yourself and if you really have an issue i think they give you a radio and you can or if you're going to tap out you know they can come and get you but otherwise it's just you know Fend for yourself, figure out how to live, build shelter, find food, find water. Um, and that's a little bit extreme. So like if you like a camping trip that, you know, circumstances arose and you had to uh, make do on your own for, you know, an extra three weeks. Mm, I would say no. Mm-hmm. Um, because number one, I don't... Uh... I don't give myself that much credit. And I think that when people give themselves that, you know, they get cocky about that kind of stuff. That's yeah. when, the, that's when you die in the woods. Those are the people um, that lose that show. Yeah. And well, and also to be to, to your scenario as well, having latte along would not be a plus. It would be a negative because mm-hmm. in that situation, that's another mouth to feed. Right. And plus I would have to keep him on a leash because he's a runner. So <laughs> I would either lose him or just spend the day trying to make sure I knew where the dog was. He's just like, fuck you. I know how to get home. You ever seen Homeward Bound? Yeah, but I think uh, surviving in the wilderness is far more difficult than people would ever, ever realize. Yeah. Um, but just taking care of the water situation alone, mm-hmm. you know, you have to know how to make sure that the water you're about to drink is safe. Yeah. That you're not going to have some parasite or something yeah, yeah. 
Um, how to put your food in a place where you're not going to attract animals that want to come eat you or latte in this case. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's basically a nice little snack for a bear. <laughs> or so, a very hungry camper. So you can, you can, you can envision him as a carrot on a stick. Yeah. And also too, if he's, you know, kind of, barking or making noise that's just another attraction yeah and and wolves will come for that too yeah he's like who the fuck's that guy yeah we don't know this he He's sounds not, familiar he's almost one of us but not one of us something has happened to him over the many millennia where did your balls go cousin <laughs> <laughs> oh he's one of those house dogs yeah it's it's <laughs> like the way that uh you know people that live in montana look at people from manhattan like, mm. <laughs> city folk. What was that? Remember that chili commercial? It was like, where's this chili come from? New York City. Salsa. Pace Picante. Salsa. Yeah. That's right. He gets his salsa from New York City. <laughs> New York City. <laughs> I just found a recorder. A recorder, like the instrument? Mm. We've this now become be, a music podcast. This is going to be fun. <laughs> I haven't played one of these in so long. I'm going to have like months of just, I'm, I'm going to get back to, ooh, B. Get back. All right, I'm not going to. I wonder what like, that's going to sound like for the people that are listening at like double time speed. <laughs> 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 like, what the hell was that? Was that John Coltrane? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of intro. I'm looking through this this Instagram. It, <laughs> it almost gets overwhelming. I'm like, there's so many little things we could talk about. Oh, I know. It's funny because I have it, um, you know, like the notifications set up on my phone, same as I have, you know, my personal Instagram. So not only do I get notifications when I like a photo that you post on my own phone, um, <laughs> but I just get like all of these updated, you know, like likes and comments and stuff. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, how much? I didn't post anything. Oh, damn. Like it's, what the hell's going on with my phone? Blowing it up. Damn alien intern. That's why we have so much UFO stuff on here. <laughs> I didn't post that shit. That was the intern. I'm pretty sure he's trying to signal somebody and we don't know. We can't yeah. If we start getting crop circles in there, we're in trouble. Yeah. Doubt it. That's like sign language for the for the gray aliens. <laughs> oh, so I got my, uh, my Patreon up. You did? Yeah, it's not it's not like final. I don't have like you know the photo on there and the cover, but it's active. It's a live thing. It's a awesome. Now. So we'll have a link. We can I can make that page now. Yeah, yeah well, that's one. Of the, uh, I want to tell the audience. I told you in a text message, and I told Lamb this. Yes, yes, yes. One of the things that I think um, we didn't even think about when we started you know, when we decide we're all going to make patrons, hmm. you know, we're all, everybody listening, the three of us are starting these patrons from scratch. You know, yeah. we're not, we did, we and we've never really, I've done one before, but I didn't really, it doesn't really count. I didn't do shit. Um, I didn't really get what I was supposed to be doing. So what we thought would be an interesting topic that we can continually, not every episode, but that can come up often is what it's like. To build a Patreon and actually try to get people to go to it and support yeah. and try to think of things to put on there and, uh, you know, what all of that process can be like. I think that's an interesting topic. And technically, this show shows up in the arts section of all mm -hmm. the podcast players. 
And it's been a while since we had something like really focused on arts. Artistic. Um, so the Patreon is definitely, I mean, building a Patreon, I guess you could say, is an art. But also, the three of us are using it for our art. Yes. And this is going to be a test of just my kind of understanding and figuring things out because I've never visited anyone's Patreon, you know, prior to um, starting this whole um, podcasting adventure. Um, I've always been aware of it, never really understood what it's about. So it's, it's going to, every single day I come on this thing and try to figure it out, it's going to be a learning curve. Um, What's really difficult in just a period of time that I've done it is um, you go into it with, I don't know about, well, after I say this, you tell me what your mindset going in and is because I don't want to assume you have this mindset. Yeah. But um, I went in with the mindset like, oh, so like you just, you, people are just really good at this. Like they they launch it and then just a ton of people show up once they launch it. Yeah. And <laughs> to be honest, it's not really any different than starting a social media page from scratch and not having friends. Like, for example, like the random badassery, I haven't told anybody that I know that that account exists. Mm -hmm. Um, You're the only one who's actually posted it to your your feed. Lamb hasn't announced it to his his feed either. So we have nine people on there right now because nobody knows it's there. Um, Yeah, and it's going to pop up, you know, like in probably random, like suggested uh, searches or suggested pages on some people's things just like how I get random uh, suggested friends or things you might like or stuff I've never heard of. And it's not connected to me in any way. And that's just kind of like the algorithm that I think Instagram works off of. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you got to, you know, take time or whatever to go through and find people or kind of create some sort of uh, um, connection or, you know, reason for people to find you and, Right. Look at yeah, I think one of the one of the big fears, and this is not just a Patreon thing, but when in podcasting is a great example too. Um, when Lamb and I started podcasting, it was very hard to build up an audience mm-hmm. um, because you think this is a, this is an insidious insidious thing that um, can be a trap for people who are uh, creating stuff and putting it out online and probably in real life too. There's part of you, if you've never done something like that before, that thinks, I'll be good because all the people that care about me will care about what I do. They don't. And it's not because they're assholes or anything like that. It's just, you know, sometimes um, Lamb and I have talked about this a lot because it's a learning lesson. But, you know, sometimes like, uh, for example, you, um, the music you make with, um, with the band that you're in now. Yeah. It's not pop music. So you might have a lot of friends who just aren't into that kind of music. Yeah. Or, the, I mean, it's even been a point where, you know, you tell them, yeah, I've been doing this and we're working on this. We have a show or, we, you know, we just record some stuff and just putting it out. And they they hear you say that, but also it doesn't really like, again, it's not them being a, a dick or an asshole, but it's like, they're just kind of like, oh yeah, no, that's cool. And then it just kind of falls out of their brain because they kind of don't really care. Or it's yeah. not like really exciting for them, um, and it's not really. I don't take it personally as like a thing against. You know. Right. I think a lot of people that start out with this stuff do, though. Yeah. That's why it's such a huge trap. I know I did at first. 
Um, not with with podcasting. I don't remember what the, one of the first things I did online was. It might have been, it might have been like drawing, doing drawings or something yeah. like that, or like a blog that I did. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why aren't my friends reading this? They're not my friends. Yeah. And it's it's just shit doesn't work that way. And it, what what really hit it home for me is when I thought about. It, I'm like, think about all the people that I know. You know, I'm talking to myself. Think about all the people I know that do creative stuff. Have you checked out everything that they do? Yeah, exactly. Nope. <laughs> do you like them any less? No. So it's it's just I mean I think it's it's a symptom more than anything is a symptom of overload that we just have so yeah. much shit coming at us at all time and we waste a lot of time I'm using we as in the general public well, we people nowadays that are fat, you know covered and saturated in all of this stuff you know so. yeah and we Americans at least spend a shitload of time on Instagram so all the time that you spend on Instagram is time that you're not able to spend somewhere else, like going to Tom's show or something like that. Um, and that's that's one of the hardest things when you start going through it. And so you go in, you know, like for example, the Patreon, like look in and go, okay, new new um, new patron, awesome. And then you, there's a little voice in your head that's like, oh man. I, I'm, you start doing stuff and then you start like begrudging stuff you're doing because you forget that you're doing this to make something you care about. Yeah. Um, and there's like this little asshole voice that I don't know where it comes from. It's it's something that we all have got from society in some way. I wouldn't be able to tell you where it came from exactly. But there's a little voice but like, dude, you're sure doing a lot of work for like three people. Mm. And that's such a, or like with podcasts, but like, um, like our first, I think it's six months, we we never got over like 200 downloads ever. Yeah. Like, there's not even 200 people listening. <laughs> I was, I was listening to something the other day and somebody was like, I think it was about uh, stand up comedy or something like that. And they're like, so, uh, it was, oh, I think it was Joe Rogan. And they were talking about like podcasts and versus stand up comedy and saying like, Somebody was complaining that they only had like eleven thousand listeners. He's like, "Can he's like, there's not a fucking room in the country that you could <laughs> that yeah. you could do a comedy in a club in front of eleven thousand people. That's yeah. a lot of because fucking people. <laughs> and a majority of people doing comedy are doing it in clubs. You know, yeah, or small. yeah, being in a room with only two hundred people. That's a yeah. lot of two hundred people listening to you is a lot. So and it's like, not, yeah, it's not easy even doing it in front of a hundred people. You know." Yeah. And you know the greats, the the greats when they start out, the reason that they last is because they're the kinds that have the mindset. But like, there's only two people here. Fuck it, I'm still giving them a show with their lifetime because yeah. they're here, and I am exactly. too. Yeah, and that's that's the mindset that I feel like is so important for something like Patreon because you're going to get discouraged at the uh, you in general are going to get discouraged at the lack of speed. You know, mm-hmm. you see like, oh, these guys make five thousand dollars a month. I make three. <laughs> it's not about if it's about the money. Just, just delete your Patreon right now, yeah, guys. No, it's because you know. I, I think about it like this. You know, you, focusing on numbers like that, like how many people you're doing it for. To me, I feel like it'd be the opposite. Where the more I see, the the harder it would be for me to do stuff. Where you know, I put in a lot of work on 
you know, if I'm writing something out on my notebook, if I'm trying to finalize something that I'm pretty sure no one's ever going to see. Like I'll spend more time perfecting that just because I need to know that what it was that I was creating was perfected and exactly how I wanted it. Same thing with a song, you know, that I'm like, oh, no one, I may never, ever, you know, play this for someone or someone may never hear this or I may never record it or God knows what. Um, so I feel like it's a little bit more for me, it would be more uh, um, kind of more beneficial if I were to just never pay attention to how many people are looking at it and what what the numbers are. Because if I think it's just me by myself doing it, on my own, then I'm perfectly fine. But if I'm like focusing on, you know, how many people are in the room, you know, per se, like, you know, using that kind of comparison, if I'm up on stage trying to count how many people in the room, then that's all I'm thinking about. That's all I'm focused on. And that can psych me out and it can make me more anxious and like give me more of a, like a mental block because I'm thinking, you know, who are these people? What do they want? Am I, am I giving them or making what they, what they want to hear? Are they liking this? It's like, no, it doesn't matter. You know, I just focused on do what it is that I'm here to do, what I want to do. This is just a platform. People want to look at it and, you know, patronize it. Cool. If not, I don't care. Yeah. That's a, we forget, I think maybe, maybe we forget when we start putting stuff online that that mindset is the mindset you're supposed to have when you create anything. Yeah. I made this, you know, like people always say like, uh, I wrote this book because it's the one I wanted to read. Or uh, I heard an old interview with James Hetfield the other day, mm-hmm. a Joe Rogan episode. And he said, he's like, we're making the music that we want to hear. Sometimes yeah. other people don't want to hear it, but it's music we want to fucking hear. Well, yeah. And that's, you know, like Lamb and I have been talking about this authenticity thing a lot. That's kind of how I feel about this podcast. Yeah, sometimes we might talk about shit that people don't want to hear. I don't yeah, give a fuck. Tonight might just be like one of them. Just It's like a phone conversation between you and me where we're talking about, you know, your house problems. I'm talking over here about my, like, I can't figure out how to use this goddamn internet. You know, it's like, make it, put it out in the world. There's some people that are still going to listen to it, still going to like it. Some people are like, well, that one was a bust. As long as I get to the end of each episode, I mean, the people don't hear this after we say the bye-bye thing at the end. Yeah. Uh, this The same thing happens with Lamb. <laughs> Almost always, the first words out of my mouth, mouth are, that was a fun one. Yeah. Because it is fun, no matter what. Yeah. And when I stopped, maybe not when I stopped saying that, but when I stopped feeling that, then either something's wrong or it's time to stop. You know, if if it's not if it's not fun anymore, then why the fuck would you do it? Exactly. You know, same thing goes for when Mike, you know, McGee and I do the sh- the show, the Gone Show, every month. You know, you can go into it like thinking, oh, okay, how many people are here? How many? And then it's like, no, snap out of it. It's not about that. It's about us going up there doing what we're going to do. There's people here that do want to see it. That we know that want to see it. We are here. We want to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to have fun. I don't care if the place is full or if there's ten people. It doesn't matter. It, and that's why social media is so insidious, right? Oh, yeah. Because it would be so much more enjoyable if you could maintain that mindset, but everything about them is manufactured to make you think the opposite. You know, like, hey, right now, like if I hover the mouse over a picture, 
it tells me how many comments are on it. I don't want that. I just want to hover over the fucking picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's, I mean, that's, that's one of the freeing things about, we haven't really said this to the audience, but um, when, when the three of us decided that we were going to do an Instagram, we didn't want to, we didn't give a shit if it was, if anybody wanted to follow it, we didn't give a shit if it was popular we didn't want to have to find 50 fucking hashtags to make sure that it got a million hits. So we yeah. said no hashtags, even though I broke that rule. I'll tell you in a minute. Yeah. Um, and then we said, um, you know, like no replying. We're not going to get involved in conversations. Yeah. The back and forth bullshit. Yeah. Because the, and it's not because we don't care what people think or anything like that, but it's, it's, it's literally because, when you start getting in the conversations on something like Instagram, then you start getting into, I better check the app again. I better check the app again. And you start dipping in the app to make sure you're not missing a comment because you, and then, and then you're like, Oh, um, you start worrying about like fostering relationships and all these things. And then it becomes a fucking chore. And that's why I've said in, in the thing, you know, it's a visual aid. It's a public notebook. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, my notes on the things are fairly cryptic. Why? Because it's not a caption. It's there to remind me when I'm in the episode, like, why the fuck did I post this picture? Oh, yeah, I wanted to mention this and this. Okay, cool. Boom. And continue the conversation. Um, the, <laughs> before I forget, piss off the audience, the way that I broke the um, hashtag thing, mm-hmm. I've been having fun just entertaining myself, going back to old pictures and just adding one random hashtag and just seeing what happens. Right. It's kind of weird. Okay. Um, no, it is. Yeah, it's surprising. It fucking like people find them. See, I was under the impression maybe I'm wrong. You can tell me because I have been away from these kind of things for a while. At least before when I used Instagram, if you posted a picture last Friday and then you went and you hashtagged it today, right. it's not going to show up in the hashtag feed at the top. It's going to show all the way down wherever last Friday when I'm, it was yeah, wherever, yeah. Does it still do that? Um, I assume so. I don't really use... I mean... That's I, pretty miraculous then. I, I put hashtags on things, but I'm not the type... Like, I don't use them on the other end where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I need to find something like this. I'm going to search the hashtag this, you know? I assume it still does that. If it does, that's pretty fucking miraculous. You know, like um, our our Daisy... Daisy... What the hell is her last name? The guitar thing. Daisy Demagogue? Dem- Demarog? I can't remember the character's last name. Oh, in... Um, Hateful uh, Eight. Hateful Eight, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> that was from June 15th. So what is that? Uh, nine days ago. I just added the hashtag guitar. And in like less than five minutes, three mm-hmm. likes. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I'm like, who the fuck is digging down that deep into the hashtag guitar? That's so awesome. Well, you got to think, you know, like there's people out there that really, really, really dive super, super deep into the social media thing, you know, and that's it's like, true. that's what they do. And they spend all their time and it's like, you know, it's like if you watch those videos of like back in the day when like, you know, video games first came out and you have those kids sit or like, you know, computer games and you have those kids that are sitting there that are just like like little robots with their hands just going nuts and they're just like clicking keys and it's like how the fuck is this kid doing this um it's the same thing nowadays with social media like these people just sit there and they're just like brain is just firing at like you know a million miles a minute and they're just skimming through seeing shit hashtags um different uh uh different tags and going through different people's 
uh, posts. It's, it's it's nuts. You know, it's it's like they're it's become some people's it's really you know, just daily life. You know, it's a little bit uh, frightening and worrisome, but you know, it is. I think that's kind of what I enjoy about it, though, because in my uh, I'm talking about dropping the one hashtag on old posts. Mm. Because you don't think anything is going to happen, and then when something happens, you're like, "Whoa, that's weird." It's almost like a game that has no purpose. You know, like yeah. our our poof one. I put poof. Who knows? In like six months, <laughs> we might get a random like of somebody yeah. that's scrolling through poof. It's like that's a good stock image of a poof. That well, is like a great it. blue poof, and that's I still have the same blue poof. I haven't up. I haven't swapped in my new uh, my new white one that I purchased. So we're still on a. A non, um, non-stainable. Right. I'm telling you, it's not. You can't be stained. I mean, you're going to see stuff, but it's not going to stain. Ah, <laughs> uh, back to poop. It's all about the poop, man. It is all about the poop. Um, why did I agree with that? No, it isn't. Why? Yeah, it's <laughs> already. It's on. It's on. It's on record. It's already done. You already said it. In ten years, there's going to be a deep fake of me, like running for office or something, going. It's all about the poop. Uh, have you seen yeah. this deep fake stuff? It's getting trippy. I have no idea what you're talking about. Where they can take the words of somebody and create brand new audio. You know, like uh, if you take all the recordings of Martin Luther King, you can mm. synthesize his voice well enough okay. to make him say, you know, like, I love Donald Trump. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, but mostly right now, and this is how you know that it's probably going to stick around, mostly it's used for porn. Um, oh, so they will take. Porn what they, is always on the forefront of all these new developments. It's it's kind of weird, but it's also kind of. I don't want to say awesome. It's awesome. Um, I was going to say awesome. Uh, so you can take, like, for example, you take somebody, uh, name a random famous woman. Random famous, uh, uh, Charlize Theron. All right, so you take Charlize Theron, right? You, I don't, I don't know the technical aspects of this, but what they do is they find a woman with a similar body type to Charlotte Saron and they film a porno. Mm-hmm. What the fuck was that? Oh, hold on a second. You got a ghost in your house? Latte's coughing. Hold on. Okay. Hold everyone. We have dog medical emergencies. He's gotten into the electrical. Okay. Um, Yeah, so you take a a woman who has a body similar to Charlize Theron, Mm -hmm. and you film a porno with her, and then they take her face. Right, like a stock or like any type of film footage. Yeah, and then they like map it to this person's face, Mm -hmm. and then then they do the voice thing too. And so it's like watching her make a porno. Now, I haven't seen any of these pornos, so... It's a little creepy. It is. I, What's it called again? Deep fake. Yeah, deep fake. All right. I know what I'm doing for the rest of the night. It's very strange because because um, you know it's you know it's fake, right? But also it's porn, so you, so you like already know of, that it's fake. But you kind of feel like you're violating that person. You're like, I'm watching you do something that you didn't well, want to watch, but even though you're not doing it. But how many how many people like have done that? Just being like, hey, I've got a huge crush on this one celebrity. And I know I'm never going to f- meet them or, you know, be with them. So uh, I'm going to try to find somebody that's got a similar, you know, something about them that I can say like, oh, you know, my significant other reminds me of such and such. Like, you oh, look yeah. like, you know, this. It's like, 
people have been doing that forever, you know. Well, yeah, that's the classic uh, Alfred Hitchcock vertigo, right? Yeah. He, exactly. he falls in love with that girl who dies and then he finds a woman that looks similar to her and then slowly makes her dress like the other woman and slowly turns her into her. Yeah. You know, but it's like creepy. There's people that have gotten I mean prior to that kind of technology coming up, there's people that got um jobs and, you know, a career in doing porn um because they look like, you know, person X or Whoever. Um, well, you know what I was thinking about is how the, how long they've they that this deep fake thing it might destroy uh, spoof porn because what the fuck is spoof porn like a like um oh source, like par- like parody porn yeah sourced rump instead of oh, sourced right, 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 and, right, yeah. uh, pump friction instead of pulp fiction right right right, right. because now you can just. <laughs> make a movie of those actors yeah. as a porno. You're like, oh, you you want to watch, uh, you know, uh, Brad Pitt's character in this movie? You bang, uh, I don't care. <laughs> I always yeah. have trouble coming up with celebrities. I know. It's, it's, yeah. I just don't give a shit. <laughs> Who's a celebrity the kids like these days? Let Jimmy me name somebody from 30 years ago. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart and uh, um, Betty Boop. Uh, Boop. That that is you. We do kind of stumble across an interesting idea, though. Mm. Um, stepping outside of pornography, but like, imagine being able to make a movie where you're like, hmm, you know what? I would love to see. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see Gorney Weaver in a movie with Cary Grant, yeah, young Cary Grant, and you could do that. That's weird. Well, I mean, hey, they they brought Tupac back uh, for a live performance. Mm. Mm. There's there's a big controversy because they're supposedly going to do that with Whitney Houston now. Yeah, whatever. And that, well, the controversy is the fact that like people are like, uh, it's kind of it is kind of weird even with the Tupac thing. We're like these people didn't give you permission to do that. Right. That's true. Yeah. But uh, with Whitney Houston, because they're like the way that she died and whatever, she was not a happy person, and like. Touring was one of the things that like really mm-hmm. destroyed her. Took a toll. Yeah. So it's kind of insulting. Yeah. Um, I wasn't aware that people think that she was a lesbian. I don't know if that's true or not, but never heard that ever in my life. Yeah, that supposedly that's one of the reasons that she was an addict is because of course this is rumor that she was a lesbian and that she wasn't allowed to be. So that's why she was an addict. Huh. Um it's a feasible theory, just as the fact that it's not true is also feasible. <laughs> I, get, I mean, I don't know. I can't really speak on it. I don't have any. Like I said, I've never heard of that before, so um, I don't know much about Whitney Houston and you know the suggestion of where her mindset was in her life and all that. Well, so, reality is becoming a weird thing now in general, don't you? Think? I try to keep myself stooped in reality. But how do we? You know, like that's the thing that freaks me out with this deep fake shit. You know, like, now you just make fake videos about your opponent. Like, um, I guess, you know, or, you know, like, how hard is it to say, you know, like, uh, somebody like Donald Trump, who's famous for saying things, and then saying, I didn't say that, even yeah. though it's on video. Well, now somebody like that can say afterwards, it's a fake. It's a yeah. deep fake. Yeah. Reasonable doubt. Real video. Yeah. Legal. Reasonable doubt. And it's... It, it, the reason, the non-political stuff on this, but the reason that shit fucking, it, it was like a worm in my head the other day while I was walking because I started thinking, I'm like, how do we actually prove truth ever? 
you know, not just after this stuff, like how do we prove truth? Well, you know, like you like uh, <laughs> you can you can do something in front of people and they don't even believe you when they're watching it. How do we prove truth? It's become part it's like ingrained in the human mind that you know you can't always believe like what you see you know it's like i don't know really know how to even begin to where it like stems from or kind of what the blame or what anything but you know you, you watch a lot of these shows where it talks about like oh how the brain works and all that kind of shit and it, mm-hmm. you know explains you have these people that are quote-unquote professionals and um experts and doctors and scientists and all this shit and they're just like you know watch this and then see this and now ask yourself what did you just see and how do you remember this and it's like would you believe it if i told you that what you're believing and what you're remembering isn't correct and it's like explaining all this different shit like the scientific um mumbo jumbo as to why your brain creates a different you know um memory than what you actually saw or what actually happened. Yeah. And that you believe passionately. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I heard one thing where it's like everything that you, you know, you see is happening, happened three seconds ago because your brain is taking this long to whatever. So you never see anything in real time. So what's to say that your brain hasn't altered things between the time that it happened and you saw it to what you actually have it in your brain and have memory. And now what you see isn't real and it's blah, 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 blah. You know, there was this, history channel thing i saw one time on that like i've I've referenced this a bunch of times i cannot for the life of me find it Mm -hmm. i can't remember what it's called and i it's like literally the hardest thing to search for but it's essentially from what i remember now once again because (laughs) memory is not that reliable Um, every time i've told this it's probably changed so that what i'm about to tell you is probably 30 percent accurate to the mm -hmm. truth (laughs) but from what i remember right now is they took these people and they took them on a nature hike. And on the nature hike, they, they had um, helmets on. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, mountain climbing type helmets. And on top of that, there was a camera. You know, mm-hmm. like, a, like a little GoPro. Yeah, like a GoPro, yeah. Yeah. And what they had set up, and they didn't tell these people that they were part of a study. So they, were just, they thought they were just going on a nature hike. And what they had set up is um, the place that they were hiking, like they'd see, if I remember correctly, like they, it was like... Um, kind of like a tall grass, you know, where it's like up to your shoulders or whatever. Yeah. So they're, they're going through a path through this, this type of stuff. And there's a point where it turns. And when they go to one point where it turns, what they had done is they had set up two people in military uniforms. Mm-hmm. Um, it might even have just been one person. See, this is a difficult thing because I might be adding some of the story yeah, that, right. that these people remember. You'll, you'll understand what I mean by that in a minute. But anyway, so they... And what, when the people got up to that point, they were just instructed, these people in the uniform, just instructed to tell them, you know, go this way. Don't yeah. go this way. And that's it. So when they got back, they interviewed the people about what they remembered. And then they brought them back sometime later. We'll say three weeks later. Mm-hmm. And interviewed them again about what happened that day. And so these people were telling stories and the stories they're telling, they're like, I remember that they had a, uh, they had M16s mm-hmm. and they pointed them at us and, uh, you know, like just things that didn't happen. And then what right. they do is they show them the cam, you know, the cam footage from their own right. helmet. Here's yeah. what you actually saw. Yeah. This is your head. 
And what, what's, what was incredible about it, from what I remember, was at least a few people just automatically accepted, like, <laughs> wow. I, I like I I feel like somebody said something along the lines of like, wow, I'm really stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I was totally wrong. And it's just like that whole memory thing is really it's a weird fucking thing. Like Proust in you know, when Proust was alive, that's what he was writing about. Mm-hmm. In in the book that I mention all the time with Lamb, uh, in Remembrance of Time Past, he has this woman, Albertine, and she has this mole on her face. But every time he describes her, the mole's in a different place. Yeah. And what he's actually hinting at there is that memory is inaccurate, that it moves because the guy doesn't really remember where the fucking mole was. Well, yeah, that goes to like that time when I was talking about the uh, being a witness and the guy that um, knocked that lady out and broke her arm at the bar. Um, and they asked me, you know, because I remember him walking past me and I looked at him, he's bleeding from his eye and blood on his shirt. And my memory is that it was over his right eyebrow. And it was bleeding on his shirt on his right side. Well, when I was in court and the defense attorney asked me, like, you know, just you said you uh, you saw him bleeding. Yes. Where was he bleeding from? Over his eye. Which eye? His right eye. Would you be surprised if I told you it was his left eye? Like, <laughs> okay, if it was his left eye, then it was his left eye. But what we both agree on is he was bleeding from over one of his eyes. What would surprise me is if he was a squid with a hat on. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> okay, um, yeah, that was, you know, a year and a half ago, I went from one eye to the other. Oops, my bad. Well, like, and come you on, can understand why that happens too, because the the brain doesn't like holes. Exactly. So, yeah, that's the point I was going to make earlier. Was your brain's constantly filling in these gaps and these things? So, like, that's why it takes a little bit of a time for you to remember things or for your brain to process stuff. Because if it sees something, that's why you see faces in patterns, like in wood right. grains. And when you're sitting there taking a shit and you're looking at the wall and look on the floor and you see like a skull or a face or a character, or whatever it is in the, just the grain of the marble or whatever it is, because your brain doesn't like when things uh, don't make sense or like, you know, out of whack. So it automatically will fill in and make something look recognizable because it's comfortable. The brain doesn't like to see things that don't make sense because it, it wants to make everything organized and make sense. Yeah. Like for example, you know, cause the brains, it's not good at remembering fragments. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I give you a list of random words or I'm like, you know, airplane, R2D2, soda can, cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. Hey, remember those. And then in six months I ask you, what were those words? They're gone. So if I told you a story where I'm like, I saw this airplane flying over a field and R2-D2 was painted on the side and then it dropped a soda can out of it and it cracked this guy right on the cowboy hat. Yeah. Now you've got all of these pieces filled in like your brain's like, ah, I can digest that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, like, uh, like my story of uh, that same thing where I saw where I witnessed the guy getting hit with the chair. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if I was sitting on the right side of the table or the left side of the table. Yeah. But when I picture it, I picture myself in a spot. But I'm not positive that's where I was sitting. But my brain wants me to have to remember me being in a specific spot yeah. so that it can digest the whole piece. But I know for a fact that's not something that I remember. And that's that's what's difficult about witnesses in general, right? Because some people have trouble knowing the things that they aren't sure of, that their brain filled in. And that's why it's always, you know, 
a goal to have as many witnesses as possible because you're not right. trying to get, you know, one person to come in and tell you exactly what happened and then that'd be the end of it. And you want everyone to come in, tell it as you remember it, tell it as you see it, and then you want to have, you know, Consensus, 12, 12, yeah, 12 people that can then listen to all of those stories and be like, I can see where everything's overlapping and then therefore I can, or we can make the judgment that this is what probably happened because, you know, witness A said this, but then witness B said this. This part and that part of A doesn't match up with that part and that part of B, but that part from A matches with that part of B. So we can take that from A and B, and then we go on to C, D, and E, and those bits match up with this bit and that bit and this bit, and that by the end of it, I got this whole piece that like, well, they've all said this one, you know, this one piece of information overlaps on all of them. And that just happens to be the key piece in this whole argument. So it looks like everybody that saw this and it was there, and then you overlap that with the person who's, you know, either being accused or um, as being, def- uh, um, that is the accuser, you know, who's right? Who's, who overlaps with the majority of who was there? Because, you know, you may not get 100% of people saying exactly the same thing, but, you know, if they're all telling the truth as they know it, the truth is still the chunk in the middle where everything stems off of. Right, like a Venn diagram. Exactly. Well, it's, it's the, the same thing with science, right? You know, like a lot of the people that um, deny climate change, one of the, one of the arguments of, of people who deny climate change is they, they, have, they take issue with the words scientific consensus. And they take issue with it because they say, that's not the way science is supposed to work. Science isn't supposed to work by committee. What they don't understand is what they're saying when scientific consensus, it means that all of these different scientists did things the way you normally do science. And all of those experiments and all of those research and all of that put together comes up with the same result. Yeah. And that's the consensus. They didn't get in a meeting and agree that this was true. They all did research separately, turned in what they found, and then somebody looked at it and go, okay, well, you found that that's a little bit different than this yeah, guy. Yeah. And that's a little bit different. But the thing that we all share here is ooh, this part that all of us seem to be finding doesn't look good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I, I, I guess maybe in a way we're answering, answering our question about, you know, like what, what's truth going to be like going forward is maybe the truth just becomes uh, something that happens by consensus. Which is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, because, no. uh, when you when you look at what other people, um, the other thing that people, uh, other things in the world that people agree on, <laughs> consensus is not always the best thing. No, but it's it's never been, no matter what the, you know, the status quo is, it's never been a blanket that covers everyone. You know, right? So Nor like, should it, right? Yeah, and so you should fear you know, anything that everybody says yes to, right? So just because it's, that kind of becomes the majority normal, um, doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the um, normal for every single person. And so there's always going to be a, 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 a you know a place for those that exist in a in a different mindset. You know, there's always going to be a place for that. 
that's why people are afraid of this whole like um, people don't understand um, electoral college and all that. Mm-hmm. The reason the electoral college is around is to prevent this mass consensus from determining everything. Yeah, you know, a hundred percent democracy is terrifying mm-hmm. because a hundred percent democracy is literally mob rules. Yeah. So you know, if if you are um, an educated professor and you believe in science, um, climate science, we'll say. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there's 500 people over here who think you're full of shit. No matter what, they will always win. But the, with an electoral college, it tries to balance those things out. Not necessarily education levels, but geographically. You know, like, because we all have different needs. And that's, that's a, it's a very difficult thing to explain because even like me talking about it, I'm like, I, I probably get like 20% of how that works. But like that's, you know, that's kind of like I think about this uh, the, uh, blockchain shit that they always talk about, which I really don't understand. But that seems like an interesting way of getting a consensus on truth. You what's know, the, like what's the deal with that? Um, wow. So here, <laughs> everybody that's uh, more technologically advanced than uh, Tom and I. You're probably going to laugh at my excuse, uh, my explanation of this, but this is the best way that I can explain it. Um, the blockchain essentially is there's a code of of we'll use it in the case of uh, financial transactions, right? Because that's kind of where it started, or at least as far as I know. Say you have this running on your machine, this code. Um, I have it running on my on my machine in this machine on my code. Lamb has it running on his machine. And uh, three other people we know. So that's six total machines running this code. And I spend $50. That's on my... It's a change that I've made. Now, it needs to be submitted to the blockchain. And I don't know, understand how this process works. This is the part where I don't understand how this but works. This is, this is pretty much the same kind of... Sh- like the basis of cryptocurrency. Yeah, the blockchain is cryptocurrency. Yes. Oh, okay. It's the same okay. same technology. Yeah, I've never, I, I've, I've never heard blockchain in the conversation of cryptocurrency. Or yeah, blockchain is the technology that cryptocurrency works on. Okay, so everybody's like a shareholder. In it's a ledger, the, essentially. The, yeah, Everybody the, agrees the, that the ledger is what it is. And the blocks are the... Um, uh, like the, the blocks of information. Right, so the rows or whatever, the columns in the, in the ledger, the... Exactly. Uh, spreadsheet. Um, and so, and for everybody listening that that didn't click in for, just to finish the rest of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So what that prevents is like, um, you know, essentially what it is, is like, hey, I spent $50. And then goes, okay, you spent $50. And he puts that in his ledger. And then you put it in your ledger. And the other three people put it in their ledger. But if I want to cheat, and I just put that 50, uh, say I'm trying to pay myself $50, mm-hmm. but it's not real. So I don't, tell you guys it's not real right? and I make it, it gets rejected because it doesn't match up with the other ledgers. Exactly. So everyone's copy all has to be the same. Exactly. Puts, puts everybody in the seat of um, authorizing and um, editing and you know, no one person is able to skim anything off the top or um, omit anything without approval. It's it puts everybody on the exact same playing field. It just makes, you know, um, it's like a, 
a committee that doesn't have control. Um, yeah, it's 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 the Knights of the Round Table kind of shit. No one's yeah. sitting at the head of the table. Everybody's sitting there and has the same equal amount of power over what's happening. And if everybody's not on the same page, then the one page that's wrong is out or has to exactly. fall back in line. Yeah. And that seems Which like is, a good way to store history. That's like the thing is I like change then. Yeah, I like that better than in I mean, I understand the the feel of need for it in the monetary sense, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because yeah, to screw over the banks and stuff like that. Well, yeah, because like, you know, I mean, I was sitting. There's so many things that happen on the back end, you know, or in between the fine line of what you assume is going on with your money or your credit cards or whatever it is, your finances. Um, and they kind of design it that way to where it's like, well, they know 99.9% of the people are going to be like, that's too much effort for me to like follow and keep up and keep tabs and everything that they're doing. You know, prime example was me and um, Mike McGee were sitting there eating our, uh, our annual or, you know, our monthly uh, all-you-can-eat Sue's Mongolian barbecue. And uh, Mike gets a notification and it's like, wait a minute, what the fuck is this? And he's like, they, they can charge you on a, like on a credit card without, you know, like without doing, like they just charge you. I was like, yeah, that's why you see like annual fees and all this and that turned out to be nothing, but it's like, that just got me kind of sparked back in my brain. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot like, I'm being charged right now for things on like anything that I have as far as a card or like a bank thing. Like they just charge you fees that are just buried in there just because. And right. Well, there's even crookeder stuff. Yeah, like, no, uh, that's what I mean. It's like, that's, that's the stuff that's, that's right up in front that everybody, they talk about it on commercials. You know, it's like now with no annual fees and no this and no 0% this and all that. It's like, but if you really dug deeper, like it's, fucking some fucked up shit it's like you're losing money there's a documentary called client nine the rise and fall of elliot spitzer you ever seen that no i haven't watched that so uh i don't i don't remember how elliot spitzer fits in because it's been a long time since i saw it but um essentially bank of america they put a back office terminal into this place called canary capital mm-hmm. and a back office term we're talking about um wall street here you know, stock trading, a terminal for buying and selling stocks. And it is back of a Canary Capital, which is a place that would buy and sell stocks, right? Mm-hmm. And what that did is it allowed this guy named Eddie Stern to cancel trades. So, um, sorry, cancel trades after the market had closed. So, yeah. for example, um, I bought uh, 50 shares of Apple, but Apple plummeted that day. So right after, after yeah, right at money. the end. Yeah. So after the market closed, I could go in. He could, he he could, and did go into that terminal and cancel that trade. So then he didn't actually lose money. Yeah, it, yeah. it's essentially like being able to uh, bet on a horse, lose the race, and then going. Yeah. I never made. No, that no, 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 no. I don't. No, no. no, no. Take backs. Take backs. Yeah. Mulligan. I meant not that. I meant the other horse, the one that won. Yeah. So with a blockchain behind that you wouldn't be able to do that because the thousands of people on the blockchain or more would get a red alert be like uh sorry you did make that trade 
Mr. Stern, fuck you. So that's that's that I, I do understand the the financial motivation for that, and it is interesting. The only thing that sucks about all that blockchain stuff is how much fucking energy those computers devour. Well, it's like I, I think I have I mentioned this on the show before. Uh, I saw a thing on you know cryptocurrency. Don't worry uh, about repeating yourself. So I repeat recently. myself. Well, I just can't. I just it's can't remember. Like you know, I talked about it. I can't remember if I brought it up on here. I feel like I did. Um, you know, and it's. Uh, they have, I think it's out in like Switzerland or Sweden or some, you know, some random field out in a country somewhere. Um, they've got these two, it looks like, you know, an Area 51 bunker, whatever. And, uh, I mean, much smaller. And they go in and it's, both of them are just filled with these hard drives, you know, just computers, just like thousands and thousands which just running. And they're like, yeah, this is more powerful than the most powerful supercomputer. I'm like, so wouldn't that make this the most powerful supercomputer? Oh, you did mention that before. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and it's literally that, like, that's the, what do they call it? The, not the vault or whatever it is. It's the mine. Oh, the mine. Yeah. That, know, that's where the, the, uh, what do they call it? Uh, crypto mining? Yeah. yeah crypto. crypto. So those, something mining. Well, that, yeah, it's the mine. It's, that's, Bitcoin that, that is the mine. That's where the, the comes from. Um, you know, and it's, uh, but I, I don't know. It's it, it, it's not real, so it's like I get what they're coming from, but it's just the, the amount of power and everything that's being put into this, and the amount of resources and everything. It's like it's massive. It's huge. So if you have these people that are, you know, putting all of this, uh, oh god, that felt good. Um, you know, the time and the power and the energy and everything into this what is it essentially the world's most powerful supercomputer for the mine for the cryptocurrency, but it's not actually, you know, a thing yet. It's yeah. Cryptocurrency is weird. It really well, is. Cause it's not, you know, essentially money, even though it's not anymore, essentially money was originally tied to gold. Do something. Yeah. Do something. But or that's now, what they call it. Fiat, means right. No. Yeah. It's a fiat Maybe. currency in the sense that there's nothing behind it. People it's worth something because people say it's worth something. Well, but you couldn't really that, trade it in for anything. There's some people that will take it, you know, and it's like there's isolated incidents where, you know, it has manifested into actual goods. And, but that's not, you can't put any kind of faith or stock into it because it's not stable. It's not consistent. Yeah, there's and nothing to hold it. There's, I mean, that's, 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 there's people that's, that have been arrested and gone to prison for it, you know, it's like. That's what people get pissed off about the. Anybody that if you've ever heard like an older person um, talking about the gold standard, mm-hmm. is they're pissed off because the paper money doesn't have anything backing it up anymore. Well, and, and if you want to really look at it and get down to it at the very bottom of it, it's never had any like anything behind it, never anything real. Like gold is just a mineral. It's no different than like if you take a um, a block of steel that's worth, you know, a few cents a pound and then turn it into something else and you can sell it for a hundred bucks and then you can take that and turn that into something else and use it in something that then can be sold for $3 million. It's just a matter of the old thing of something is worth what someone will pay for it or what someone, what it's worth to someone else. So gold 
is really no different than dirt. It's just right. a thing, right? Well, one of the one of the things I I don't know if this is true. One of the things I heard once was um, the reason they picked gold as like the be all to end all of you know valuable things or whatever. So mm. they picked metals because you know you can make things with metal, right? Um, there was originally like this value to it. But then they picked gold because gold was never hard enough. It's it's too soft. You can't make hammers out of it. You can't make uh, building beams out of it mm, mm. because it's it's soft. It will eventually, you know, you, if you make a hammer out of it, smack something with yeah. it a few times, it doesn't keep its shape. Well, look at um, a, yeah. You look at a brass hammer or a brass punch. Like it's got give to it. It's soft. That's why it's used for delicate, um, delicate work like working with right. um, like know. gold chains. Right, because then if the link breaks because it's soft, you can melt it back, and th- and that is one quote unquote practical value of gold is making jewelry. But yeah, that I mean that was essentially it. Is is like well, what which of these shiny things is the least? Which of these is the least practical and the most useless? Because you want to use the practical shit for the practical stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you want to you want to use the iron for the <laughs> the stuff that iron's really good for. You don't want to yeah. be trading iron for money. Because when you need hammers, what are you going to do? Melt your money? Yeah. Um, or shells. They used to use shells before. Why? Because shells are worthless in any other way except that they're pretty. Yeah. So really all it is, I mean, using the whole, you know, comparison or like example of using shells, like it's just, it's it's not what the thing is. It's an idea. Like I'm handing you a an idea here's five shells because to me in my opinion what you have or what you're doing or what you've done to me is worth five of these and five i'm telling values I'm, I'm telling you that these have value i'm going to start a currency with um where my currency is et atari cartridges <laughs> how many of those do you have i thought they were all buried in a dump Exactly. They're not good for anything else. So you might as well use them as money. See? See? But it's, that's, that's what I mean. You know, it's that's like, not a fiat currency. That has general value. You could actually still play those games. See? Yeah, you can do something with it. Yeah. But it's... You could get you frustrated know. and smash your controller. Right. So it, it's always made me laugh ever since I was little. I would think about it. And my first thought on it or my first like, kind of scenario has always been a farmer and food and kind of the process then after that is okay food you know a farmer grows food say growing corn or whatever and people want to eat that corn okay like yeah he wants to feel like he gets something in return for doing the work so that because the other people aren't growing it so he's growing enough for everyone and then he has to give some you know out to people now you can do that just because you know it's what people want and you're nice and you just give it away but no you feel like well these people are getting something off of you know the my breaking my back and my sweat and all this and my time and my resources or whatever you know i make sacrifices and yada 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 so it's like i feel like i should get something if you're getting something from me i need to get something from you i wonder like, why they moved away from bartering right that's what i mean is like there was a much more, it made more sense. You know, it's like, okay, well, um, I benefit from you, you benefit from me. Like, I'm no good at fixing 
my broken door. Oh, hey, I'm really good at fixing my door. I'll fix your door. You give me corn. That's the basics of economy, right? Right. But now, but then you move on to, here, I'm just going to give you this, it's not even paper. I'm just going to give you this fibrous little, this little rectangle. If I were to guess, I think it's because that kind of shit you can stockpile. And bar- with bartering, you can't. But if you, you look at things like, you know... Like, what if you don't actually need something at that time? Then bartering's useless, right? Then, I don't know. Then, you know, like, say you have a shitload of corn, and you need somebody to fix your roof, and all the guy has is fucking corn. You're like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Well, at that point, then you learn how to fix your own fucking roof. But then that's why they created money. It was like, I'll give you this thing, and then you can trade this thing for something you do need. It's kind of like giving somebody a gift card. <laughs> You're like, I'll give you a Visa gift card. Then you can buy yourself whatever you want. One of my favorite jokes, I actually just saw it last night. Um, it's uh, Jimmy Carr. So he's one of my favorite comedians. I know he's not for everybody. But he has a joke where he's talking about, you know, um, getting like shitty gifts. He's like, you ever gotten a gift voucher or a gift card? He's like, that means that person went into a shop and was like, hi, um, so I have money, something that's accepted, you know, everywhere. Um, is there a way that you can make it only good in this store? <laughs> it's like, that's a shitty gift. Like, well, unless the person really likes that store, but yes, essentially you're you're um Do you like lumber? Yeah. No? Sure. You're gonna hate this gift. Well, <laughs> well this is only then, good for lumber. But then you know what they did is now there's these instead of Coinstar, they have these machines where you take your gift cards and you pop it in there like a credit card and it tells you, All right, you know, we'll take out X amount, you know, this like small percentage, but we're gonna give you the money that's on this card. So you can so you can now get you, can, you know you get that crazy aunt that gives you a gift card to um the, to the doll store the doll yeah store. yeah what was that American that's like girl the most, that's the most terrifying fucking store that you could have named yeah what was it the American the, girl it was the one that had all had all the dolls and then you get it and it comes in like a little wicker basket my sister's had two of them yeah I don't I have no idea what you're talking about or so. build a bear build a bear I, hey yeah. I would build a bear. But what if you got like four of them? You're like, okay, yeah. So I built a bear. That's a little bit excess. So it's whatever. You get these these gift cards that you're not going to use. So what we're saying is money is gift cards. I'm saying money's fucking useless. (laughs) Money's only useless when you when you don't need it. I don't know. I don't. I feel like I could get along if if we move to something else very well. You know. I like the idea of bartering. I just don't know how you barter. Bartering's great. Barter for electricity. Like, mom, um, I could give you the the seven minutes I spent reading this book for seven minutes of electricity. I mean, there's no art in a bartering. I mean, there there is no there is art, but there's only physical art in in a bartering economy, right? Like podcasting, (laughs) we'd be shit out of luck. Nobody's gonna barter to hear us talk. Well. I will give you one piece of bread <laughs> for the three of you, four of you. Who knows? And then we'll just give it to Latte. Uh, I, was, I feel like cryptocurrency, though, going back to that, it's kind of it's communism, isn't it? Mm, no. 
No, no, because it's not it's not focused on equity. You know, like communism, the idea of communism is is to make everybody quote unquote the same, right? Um, but it's so if you if you have more money, we take your money away, um, and if you have less money, we give you money. But cryptocurrency is just making sure that the money, the the transactions. Yeah, communism is you know being re- rewarded for um, for labor or whatever it is that you do. No, it's being yeah. rewarded for existing, right? You, with, you with, can, with first, but not, but not with money for doing nothing in communism. That's why why a lot of people are opposed to it, right? Right, because one person can do all the work. Yeah, one yeah. person can do all the work, and then um, that's what I mean by equity. Equity is like when when you when you equity and equality are two different things, which people seem to get those confused. Equality is good. Equity is not. Mm-hmm. Equity is like um, I think somebody described it as um, three people standing and trying to watch something over a fence, like a concert over a fence. And there's one guy who's really tall and he can see the whole show. And uh, there's another guy who's really short, can't see over the thing. And then there's a guy who can just barely see. And then there's a box. And if, if the short guy stands on the box, he can barely see. So you give the short guy the box you let the normal the normal height guy just barely be able to see as well, and then you make the other guy get down on his knees. That's equity. Mm. That's not necessarily good. <laughs> mm. I feel like the the big part with that I'm kind of tying cryptocurrency and communism together is the whole um, it's like dependent on trust and faith. I actually, I would say, I would go the opposite with it. I think cryptocurrency is suspicious and uh, non-trusting. That's why you have to have consensus on every transaction because they trust no one. Well, but I mean, I would say it's the opposite. But every Bitcoin trans or like cryptocurrency, everything is imaginary data, and it comes from nothing. Right, but, but as being, you said, but it's being traded as though it had some in, actual intrinsic value um, outside of the people that are supporting it. You know, I mean, so the, they, the you have you have to have faith on that too. Capitalism based on that too. You know, everybody trading in futures. Do you know what that is? It's yeah. a huge part of the stock market. Trading on futures is trading on the future of a stock. So you're trading on they're trading on imaginary things that are going to happen. They're trading on the future of something that they can't predict. That's what well, of a future. Course. I mean, that's that's everything. That's that's, that's 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 everything in the stock market. No, 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 no. This is not the stock market is trading on uh, is is when you're betting on. Uh, I'm I'm betting that this is going to get better. Futures yeah. is. I believe that in 20 years this stock will be worth that, so I'm willing to sell it to you at that price. Oh, I get what you're saying. It's literally trading on the future of something as opposed to the present of it. It's completely imaginary. Mm. It's it's a and it's a huge part of the stock market. And I'm sure it's far more complex understanding of how that works. And there's at least two people out there that are living up to the description of the show, guaranteed to infuriate. Mm. It's conversation, not a fact check. Yeah, it's all conversation. I don't know. I feel like I still feel like cryptocurrency is 
kind of more wading in the direction of the the beach and shore that is communism and is pointing towards it's it gives the evidence uh supporters of communism need um to show the weakness of capitalism yeah see for me what i think about it number one i'm i'm not willing to put money into a fiat currency i mean i know it's it's the dumbest thing ever but I do like that it gives a finger to people like fucking Elliot Spitzer and all these people that use the system and use the the fact that people don't know what's going on to get themselves rich and fuck everybody else over. So that's the appealing part to me about it. But what's really fascinating to me is I I don't give a shit really about cryptocurrencies at all. The blockchain fascinates me. Using the technology, that ledger technology, for like I said, for like history. Like No, that would be fantastic because or scientific research too right yeah because then you're not because the whole thing about it is like you're you're blocking and you're freezing out um you know the that one kind of filter that has the can be biased and can be um, influenced and can be selfish or whatever it is you know in cryptocurrency it's the government you know it's a big government that is being right forced out it's like you don't get to be in control you don't get to you know it becomes a government of the people for the people right so with history you know it's like you no longer have that argument of like the textbooks in the deep south that say that you know what happened was everything was the north and then in the north you have things saying that the south was the bad you know it's like you you have just you know, well, you don't end oh, up with like 1984, where they were actually literally going back and rewriting facts every day, yeah, to to fit the new narrative that they needed them to believe. Right. Yeah. So therefore, this is there a is fictional no more, book for anybody that doesn't know. <laughs> there, there is no more new narrative. There is just the narrative. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And it doesn't mean that you know you couldn't, you can't learn new things about history as you go on, but it means that what this person wrote on October 15th, 1974 will always say what it said when they wrote it on October 15th, or did I say October 15th, whatever. Yeah. You know, like that when you pull up Martin Luther King's speech, he's always going to say the thing that he said that day. That somebody can't go in, no matter how much they change technology with these deep fakes and stuff like that, and make him say something different that day. That he'll always say what he said then. You can still learn new things, but it's like putting things in stone. Um, better, I would say. Than putting yeah. stone, you know, like uh, I like imagine if Twitter ran on on the on the blockchain, then you could never delete a tweet. Like, sorry, dude, you might have deleted it, but we all got it. Yeah, well, it's it, it's almost the same kind of basic principle that you have with, um, <clears throat> like a you know um, nuclear weapons. You know, mm-hmm. you have two people. You know, if two key, you know, the classic thing you see in movies, you know, it's like anything major like that where you, you don't leave it up to one mind, one person's decision. Right. You know, you exactly. have to have a consensus. A con- yeah. You have to have the consensus where it's like we both agree or we all agree. And yes, we're going to do it. And we have to do it at the same time. And it's like, all right, three, two, one, you know, one turns, the other one had a change of heart, didn't do it. So it, you know, it helps, um, it helps keeps, keep things, uh, kind of 
honest. Yeah, it's honesty. It's it's balance. Um, it's it's no longer for interest of you know one line. You know, it's all the branches of the tree. Well, that, <sighs> I mean, that's kind of how it's a weird transition of this in a way, but perfect. That's kind of how I view this show. I don't edit things that we say, even when we say things that maybe we're like, mm, wish I didn't say that. You know, like, uh, I think it was the last episode you and I did. I said, pussy refuse. <laughs> when I was editing, I'm like, wish I hadn't said that, but I left yeah. it. Such Why did good, I leave it? Because it happened. That's such a good band name. <laughs> they could tour with Pussy Riot. God. Um, I, need find, I, need, I need to get more punk friends. But yeah, they... Uh, I leave the things as they are because that's it's more interesting to not to go back and manufacture and curate things. It's more better. It's more better. Awesome. Yeah. There's one thing I wish I hadn't said more better. You know what? Uh, One of my favorite, like quick, one of my favorite pedal companies, guitar pedal uh, companies and builders, um, it's a company called JHS and um, the, the head guy, Josh Smith, um, he does a you know YouTube channel video and everything of that. And one time he was describing a pedal, and he used that. He's like, "This one's more better," or he said, "Distort or more gain, you know, more distortion or more gain or whatever is more better." And he realized, you know, he didn't edit it out, but then it became a thing. He made T-shirts. This is always more better. More better is more better. So it's like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. Like Only anybody that's been around this show long enough knows that I have a propensity to say funner. Dude, how much fucking nonsense do I fucking say? Doesn't make sense. I think last week my brain wasn't working at all and I was just saying just the dumbest shit. And that's, I mean, if, if people wanted to listen to things, you know, I, like I think about this when I think about other podcasts. I don't listen to other podcasts to hear like complete composure mm-hmm. and uh, perfect speech and all of those things. If I did, I wouldn't listen to any of the things that I listen to. Like Rogan, come on now. Some of the most ridiculous shit happens on that show. But that's why it's interesting because it's what's really happening. You know, I've even started to do that too with myself. Like when I listen to the podcast that I like is I, yes, I'm listening to it because of the original reason why I started listening to it and why I like it. But also now it's to kind of see, okay, cool. You're talking about Boogie Monster, right? That's one of them. Yeah. Um, It's like, oh, cool. I hear the same kind of like just sporadic nonsense that pops up in art. You know, it's like, it's not, you know, perfect. And are you clipping your toenails? What are you doing? Yeah, I figured if we were talking about being real, I might as well clip my fingernails. Well, <laughs> well making sure I, I hear what I think I'm hearing. Yeah, um, good ears. So it's like, you know, I just all of a sudden um, find myself not really paying attention at times to what they're actually talking about or what they're doing, but it's like, okay, like how is it similar to what you and I do or like, you know, Mm -hmm. when you guys are doing like what you and Lamb are doing, it's like, all right, cool. It's like, not that it, you know, I would change if I didn't hear it anywhere else, but it's like, okay, cool. You know, people that are doing this in different situations, different settings and on different levels are doing the same kind of stuff we are. So it makes me feel a little bit more like, yeah, okay, fuck it, you know, just kind of go with it. Just do it. Yeah, it's like uh, I sent you that link to Back to Work that one time. Yeah. Um, Back to Work is a podcast for everybody listening. 
Um, because they're nerdy and techy, and uh, most most people, maybe probably that listen to our show, might not be interested in that type of show. Mm-hmm. But when I first started like getting into podcasts, that was one of the shows. I shouldn't say when I first started getting into podcasts. When I first started making podcasts, um, that's one of the first shows that I listened that had two people talking back and forth, like what we do now. And I learned so much from them because I would I noticed how they would space things, you know, like, um, like, uh, if you go back far enough and I probably do it every once in a while still, cause I'm not perfect. But if you go back far enough in the episodes, sometimes I'll go on, I would go on for like a five or 10 minute tangent. Yep. And that's, it's not interesting to listen to. It's really boring. Not because what I'm saying is boring or anything like that, but because when people are listening to people talk, it's the jumping between the two voices that keeps us paying attention. Yeah. And, I didn't figure that out until I started listening to that show. And I'm like, oh, sometimes I could give a shit what they're talking about. But the way that they trade, quote unquote, trade the microphone is what makes me keep listening. And I learned so much where I was like, I need to shut up and let Lamb talk right now. Like people hear me say that on the show all the time. Like I, I'm always worried that I'm talking more than Lamb because of that show. And that's why I learned to do like these. And now I'm done sounds yeah. you know like i'm passing you the mic it would be so much easier if we we're in the same room i always say that yeah no absolutely but it's it's definitely it's easier to for me it's easier to communicate and talk in person because i i very much like kind of need the visual and be able to feed and read off a person's body language and you can always tell a little bit more um it's kind of why i don't talk on the phone that much or not the only reason why but um one of the reasons why um yeah, it's, you know, communicating and talking to a person, if you're able to do it in person, is, to me, more conducive to a um, a quality kind of what you're getting out of it because you, you can engage deeper when you're face-to-face with a person, you know? I'm saying that you can't get that how we do it now, you know? Um, it's just harder. Yeah, it's a little bit more, you know, that's why you have those moments where it's like, you know, you have that kind of battle where it's like trying to interject or talk over one another. It's like, you know, you kind of stumbled as far as like going from. Yeah. Cause there's no, I'm not hinting at it. You know, like when you do that in person, you put your hand out or something. Yeah. No, I mean, I still talk that same way. It's like, I told you, like, I think last time it was like, while I mentioned something or like was kind of, uh, I pantomimed even though, and I made the facial expression, even though <laughs> no one's here except this fucking teddy bear that I'm looking at right now. Um, Build a bear? No, I don't know where this one came from. It's, it's in this bear. Carter Club. Charter Club. It's from a girl. No. It's yours? No. <laughs> You're giving me so much information. This isn't my room. <laughs> this, is like a, this is like a spare room. It has all the spare shit. Uh, it's, it's the teddy bear's room. The teddy bear room. Oh yeah, this is yeah with my um, like you know I guess it's considered now a guest room. Well, I'm going back to the talking thing. Well, it's one of the reasons. Like I, when I when we first started, I kept reminding the audience, I'm like, you know, you're just doing this for the first time. There's going to be a learning curve for both of us because um, you're different than Lamb. I know Lamb's speech patterns. Yeah, and I know when Lamb is done. Yeah, and I know when he's floundering. You know, like there's, and he knows the same things about me. I'm not just saying mm-hmm. these, that he does these things, but it was like, oh, he's about to lose track of what he's saying, and I can jump in and save him. 
Yeah. Because we've been doing it for so long. But with you, I don't know those things. Yeah. So, and you also have a way you, um, I'm sure I do it too in my own way, but you will say a couple words and then stop and then say another couple words. So I'm never quite sure when you're done. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also like, okay, is he, does he have another point on top of that? Cause I never want to like cut off a point, but then I'm like, sometimes yeah. if I, if I wait, then I don't know if I'm like, you know, leaving you yeah, in just deep end. like, yeah. you know, like when you were trying to, what was that word you were trying to think of? I purposely left punctuation. You. Yeah. Son of a bitch. But that was, was one also, of the best parts of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's that stuff? Well, you know, we call it the, the oh, symbols. Word. The symbols at the ends of things. Uh, you got your quotations, and you got your commas, and uh, what are they? The points, punctuation, pontification, pontification, pedophile marks. <laughs> I go right from pope to pedophile, don't I? Well. Not this pope. We're still not that far away from each other in the dictionary, but in in the levels of hell. (laughs) Goddamn punctuation! Oh Lord, did you see that Chuck Berry video that I put up? I've seen that so many times over the years. So fucking funny. uh, I mean, for anybody that hasn't seen it, it's Chuck Berry and John Lennon were doing. uh, I can't remember the show, but they're doing. Uh, Johnny Be Good together. And Yoko Ono's in the background playing a drum, but then they go to the chorus, I think, as they're hitting the chorus, and Yoko Ono starts going... She starts doing her Yoko Ono bullshit. And Chuck Berry trying to get, keeps his composure, but the look on his fucking face... Well, for a second, I mean, like, what the fuck? Well, because Chuck Berry was like a kind of a... He was a no-nonsense dude. Yeah, he was, you know? in priority, he was like a big asshole, actually. Yeah, no, he did not... I mean... You didn't fuck around around Chuck Berry. Um, there was like the, the great one of my favorite stories um, was uh, Keith Richards. So they were at mm-hmm. a show. I can't remember what it was they were doing. They were at something and back of the dressing room, you know, and you know, with the Rolling I think Stones. It was a tribute to Chuck Berry. It was. That's what it was. It was the tribute to Chuck Berry. That's what it was. It was in honor of you know him and his accomplishments and everything back in I think it was in the eighties. This um, is in, in Keith Richards' book Life. And uh, you know, people that don't know, you know, with the Rolling Stones coming up, you know, and most of all sixties, you know, or all rock and roll, that was all just um, white kids from not just America, but you know, like Elvis and stuff, but um, across in you know, England and Europe and stuff of just honoring and being huge fans of um, black American, like blues and, you know, folk artists. R&B. Yeah. Um, like uh, Chuck Berry and uh, just throwing out names for Muddy Waters. Yeah. Muddy Waters was a huge one. T-Bone Walker. I mean, yeah. um, there was even... Little you know, Richard. The, yeah. Um, the Rolling Stones even brought... I think they had a slot on a TV show and they convinced the show to let T-Bone Walker come on and perform instead of them. And they yeah, introduced him. They, they brought and, uh, Muddy Waters to England to tour. Yeah. And the first time that the Rolling Stones, when they were big and went over and ended up, you know, um, over here in America and they were in uh, the, the studio that, you know, 
appreciate everything for all of those guys. They're walking around and they're just like so stoked. I can't believe we're here. And I can't believe that, you know, this is where Muddy Waters, you know, (laughs) they walk by a guy on a ladder. Like, I think, I can't remember if he was painting or if he was fixing something. And uh, the guy walking around was just like, oh yeah, there's Muddy. Muddy Waters was up on a ladder fucking like doing like janitorial work. And the guy in fucking Rolling Stones was like, oh, what the, are you fucking kidding me? Because like that's how Keith Richards and Mick Jagger met was they were on a train and um, I think it was Mick had like uh, some records under his arm and one of them was Muddy Waters and Keith or you know vice versa whoever it was the other one saw and was like oh you listen to that I listen to that I like that and that's you know fucking they're still fucking going but uh did you ever watch that movie about chess records um um, Brody. I uh, I saw it. I think I don't think I saw all of it. I feel like I remember. I remember what starting it. Oh, was it called Chess? I'll uh, look it up right now while you finish. As far as, I, as far as I remember, but uh, um, so with the Chuck Berry thing, um, you know, he was a huge influence on all of those guys. You know, not just Stones, but you know, big influence on anybody that played guitar after, um, you know, coming up and out of the fifties into the sixties. You know, from Hendrix, you know, so not just, you know, white artists trying to emulate their black heroes, but um, everybody. So you got Chuck Berry and, you know, being a legend already at this point. You have Keith Richards being, you know, to some people, they would say more, you know, popular and more he's successful. Like, he's like the the Taylor Swift. Popular yeah. and up and coming, but not well. It's like it's like that bullshit that happened recently, or whenever it was, a couple of years, a few years ago, where um, that fucking dumbass Kanye West did something. Paul McCartney and people. Oh yeah, who's, these, who's Paul McCartney? These young dumb shits are just like it's so great that Kanye West gave this old guy, you know, a break. It's like I gotta slap each and every one. Of you. <laughs> Even though I'm not big on the fucking Beatles, it's still have some sort of fucking intelligence and fucking pay attention to this shit. Yeah, I'll take Call yourself over a Kanye any day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, Cadillac um, Records was a movie, by the way. Let me throw yeah. that in real quick. Um, so you have, you know, Stones have already become the fucking Rolling Stones. You know, it's kind of a household name. Kind of know who they are, know what's going on. Chuck Berry, still, you know, he's a legend. He's being honored and all that kind of shit. I think other artists like Clapton, whoever else was there, um, all part of it, like a big ensemble of, you know, the who's who of the big rock names. Right. And so the who were probably there too. Some, yeah, parts of them. I think Keith Moon was already dead at that point. Um, yeah, this was the 80s, right? I'm pretty sure it was the 80s, if I remember. Um, so Keith Richards and having already kind of now become like, you know, um, friends, you know, since. They've been doing it since the 60s. It's now been, you know, 20 some odd years. They've been kind of going and um, I'm sure had many different uh, kind of run-ins and uh, hangouts and whatever else. So you think there's a bit of um, kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, just kind of like a friendship happening where it's like, "Eh, everything's cool. Well, Keith Richards goes into the dressing room and, what is sitting in the dressing room, but a guitar case. And inside that guitar case is Chuck Berry's guitar. And so he thinks, fuck it. I'm Keith Richards. You know, I'm cool with fucking Chuck Berry. He opens up the case and goes to pull out the guitar. Next thing he knows, 
gets hit in the head really, really hard. Knocked to the ground by Chuck Berry. Don't fucking touch my guitar. <laughs> Get your hands off my fucking guitar. Yeah, you don't do that. I don't care the fuck you are. I'm fucking Chuck Berry. You don't touch my shit. I don't care if you're fucking, you know, if you're John Lennon back from the dead. Don't fucking touch my shit. Um, I love that, you know. And, That's a, and Keith Richards loved it. He loves talking about he it. Would. He loves talking about it. The best, I don't know if you ever saw the video, one of my favorite videos um, or like rock and roll moments is uh, a fan jumped up on stage during a Stones song. And um, for anybody that's not aware of like kind of instruments and guitar types and everything, uh, Keith Richards um, is a uh, tally man. Yeah, he's a Telecaster player, which I mean, he's not, he, he, has, he has other guitars, but he's almost solely a Telecaster player. And they have multiple, you know, different styles and um, kind of configurations and all that stuff. And during, uh, he's most notably known for playing a, what's called a Blackguard Tele, um, early, mid-50s. Um, and there was a point in time during like the 70s and 80s where he was playing what was called a Telecaster Deluxe. And the body was a little bit heavier. Well, the guitar itself was a little bit more, had a little bit more weight to it. Um, you know, Fender at that time was changing like wood types they were using and stuff. So it was, it was pretty, it was, it was a hefty piece of equipment. So this, this, uh, this um, fan jumps up on stage during, I can't remember what the song is. And uh, there's like balloons falling and shit. I think Keith or Mick Jagger's wearing a flag or something as a cape. Um, so there's a lot of shit going on on stage. And you see this dude like running from stage right. Keith is always on stage left. And he like runs, I think as the these balloons are falling down on stage, he runs behind Mick Jagger kind of towards Keith. And Keith is playing. He sees this kind of happening. He takes the guitar off you know, from the strap, takes it off, puts it into a, like holding like a baseball bat or a club and whack me like this guy's in mid run, just back swings and hits him as hard as he fucking can with it, knocks the guy down. And in the, in the follow through puts like the guitar back on and goes back into playing the song while the stagehands and security are grabbing the guy and dragging him off. It's the greatest thing ever. I love it. So good. I love those kind of stories. That's why I, that, that book, I just fucking devoured that book. Yeah. And it's a huge book. It really is. I recommend oh, I mean, it. A lot of fucking shit in there. Yeah. <laughs> a lot about. of weird shit too. Like how little he sleeps and like how he would do, uh, he would he'd get up in the morning and the first thing he would take was like downers. And everybody's and everybody was like, why do, you, why do you take downers first thing you get up in the morning? He's like, because I'm not tired. I just woke up. So it's not going to put me to sleep. <laughs> so it mellows me out. <laughs> ah, Keith Richards. I used to I used to wear a, a, like a replica skull ring, just like his. I had a couple of those, and I, I both of them got lost. Um, I just got fucking tired of wearing rings. It's a pain in the ass. I have I have one that I always have on. Um, it's it's very thin as far as like profile. It's not you know like a skull ring where it's got this big bulk part coming off. You know, it's like. It's a good size. It was a gift. 
Um, it's comfortable. I hardly ever notice it's there. People comment on it all the time because, you know, I guess because it's cool. Uh, but uh, yeah. Um, I had another one that I had forever since I was like 12 or 13 that I bought in Mexico. It was just a plain silver band and my finger started to get a little bit bigger. And so it was a little bit more comfortable on my pinky than on my ring finger. Uh, I hate when that shit happens. And like, I guess yeah. I guess it, it fell off sometime when I was working and I don't know, it's gone. So that was a good run. It was what, 20, about 20 years of having the same ring. That's man. That's 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 what we do. We just keep using shit until we lose it or a break. That goes back to our underwear conversation. I was just gonna say it's like on underpants. I was gonna. That I've been wanting to remember uh, for a while, but I always forget to follow up on me undies. I have yeah, two how's pairs. that been going? I saw you posted a picture of them rocket yeah. ships. I will say this: I wish they were paying us money because <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna praise them right now for free, or at least just hooking us up with underpants. Yeah, seriously, I'd take free underwear. Um, they're fucking awesome. I if you have testicles, I I definitely uh, I recommend them. But they have they offer underpants for non testicle people. Yes, but I don't know what it's like to be a non testicle person. Hey. Order a pair. See what they see how they feel. I just know that uh, that these cup very nicely. Um, they're, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this. The only problem with the buying a pair every month mm-hmm. is it sucks because the first pair of underwear I put now I have two pairs, but uh, uh, when I only have one pair, that after I finished laundry, the first pair I would put on was the MeUndies. Right. And then the rest of the week was just a disappointment. Right. So you're blowing your load right at the beginning. Yeah. They're so, I mean, for walking, so nice because you're not getting that friction. I just had some of that friction earlier today and I was like, God damn it. Wish I had my me undies on. Yeah. Are they micro, my, my, uh, antimicrobial? Antimicrobial? I think so. I'm not positive. So not a lot I know of those. Not a lot of stink Wilder happening. Ones. Not a lot of stink happening. Yeah. I don't get, I don't get any stink and I don't, sweaty I don't balls. It's moisture wicking for sure, so you don't get any of that. So no sweaty balls. Nope. Oh, it shit. Yeah. You know, I. I mean, I haven't run in them, but. Well, still, I mean, run. even just, I mean, I, I run hot, so I've, mm. I've been, I've been made aware recently. I've been made aware recently that you know, I got the sweaty balls. You got the Fromunda? I got no. Well, no, just no, just sweaty balls. Oh, yeah. You should try at least one pair. Yeah. Um, I think I was also I think like accused them. of having holes in my underwear only to see if it was knowing full well that I don't have holes in my underwear, but it was almost like a, a test. It's like if I was going to react and it's like, well, it's not that big of a hole. It's like, I don't have holes in my underpants. That's air conditioning. But I don't. <laughs> I don't have holes in my underpants. It was a test. And I well, other than the ones that are built. Yeah, it's supposed to be there. Though, have you ever had underwear that um, didn't have a fly? They're have just, I? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, no, it's not nice. It's not but good. you know what? I did notice, um, you know, after we had that whole talk about it, I did notice that I don't always use the door. Oh, I've, I, I've never used the door, but I just... I know, it. but I, th- I think I said in that conversation that I always do. Mm-hmm. But I noticed uh, without even thinking, sometimes, if I'm home, sometimes I just don't. Um, maybe it's just... In, uh, I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, why did I think I did it all the time? I think it's in public. In public, I always use the little hatch. Through the fly? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it yeah, just seems like the, the right way to do it when other people are around. Huh. I never thought about it that way. I've never, I don't really, I mean, I'm sure there's there was a time, you know, coming up 
as a, as a young young buck. I was like, okay, I'm supposed to just open this fly and just you know put my lean through here. It's like, well, no, it seems like you know too much. It's a constrictive little danger hole. The no, worst gonna... is when you when you get misaligned, where because <laughs> we I'm have sorry, what now misaligned in the sense that your your underwear and your pants aren't lined up in an ideal position in the sense. Oh, you're talking in the sense of using the holes. Yes, for example, the zipper uh, on pants is dead center. Right. The penis hatch is off to the right. Well, yeah, so you got to, I mean, I would think a right-handed person would then use the left hand, so you unzip with your right hand. Right. Your left hand, like your fingers go in, so they go in at an angle, so they go towards the direction of where the fly hatch opening is, and then you pull back to where the hole for the for the zipper fly is, and then right. boom, Bob's your uncle. But it's, but, pre- it's pre- precarious architecture because if it moves a little to the right, you know, like maybe you get your, you know, your underwear doesn't always stay straight. That's true. And maybe your pants are a little to the left, your underwear is a little to the right, and you put in, and then you find yourself in a strange position, hopefully not around other people, saying out loud, where the fuck is my dick? Wrist deep, just in there, just... <laughs> How do I find <laughs> the goddamn thing? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's, I mean, all my jeans are, are button fly. Um, so oh, I used to do those. Even if I wanted to use the fly, which I don't, that would just That's be difficult. too much. That would be just too much. You can't really do it with with button flies because button. I mean, you I can, mean, but it's just kinda, it's too much. It's but too you much. have to take the top button off anyways. So right. So that's why I just I just unbutton down. You know, top button doesn't count. Down two, you're open. I haven't worn the waistbound down. You know, below the boys. Um, hold that down with one hand. Aim and shoot with the other. Let go. Snap. Button. Belt. You're on your way. I haven't worn pants with belt loops, you know, whatever you want to call belt jeans loops. and pants, you know, uh, non, uh, non-tie pants, you know, where you have like a, a string in like three years. All the pants I wear have a fucking string. Wearing drawstring pants? Yeah, fuck yeah. The fuck are those? They're like, uh, you know, those ones that uh, they're not sweatpants, but they're like, they're like pants. Oh, oh, and they, the, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck you call them. I don't they're, either. They're not made out of sweatpants material, but they're kind of designed like sweatpants because they have elastic at the top and elastic right, right, right. At, the yeah. at the bottom. I've yeah. been wearing those for like three years. See, I don't it's, think I don't I, go public enough to give a shit whether I'm whether I look good or not. Well, no, I mean I see plenty of people that wear those all the time, but I just don't know if I think I never even bothered because it never really fit into what I felt. I don't feel like I could pull that off. Yeah, well, I, would look, I, just, I would look goofy. I, I look goofy all the time. Like it, seriously, like when I go in public, I dress the way that I want to look. I'll put on jeans. I'll put on, you know, if it's cold, I'll put on a pea coat. I look the way I want to look. Right. But most of the time, Could if people saw me, I don't look the way I want to look, and people probably wouldn't recognize me. I wear weird shit like cargo shorts or just fucking shitty clothes that I have sitting around that I don't care about. Shorts for all my cargo. You know the first post I put on the Instagram of that sex uh, sex prevention hat. That yes, I own that hat. I don't doubt that you do. <laughs> I wear it every day I walk because it's been so fucking hot lately. And dude, sun in your face after you walk for an hour, an hour and a half, it's not fucking good. I have something similar to that hat. I have, well, I have two like, um, I don't own that color, by the way. I got a better color than that. Well, well, like off white. 
Uh, I thought it was like a khaki or something. Yeah, khaki, off white, either way. It's the fisherman's hat. You know, if you go fly fishing, oh yeah, or whatever. it's a similar similar theory, right? Yeah, um, is, they call this one a boonie hat. Uh, it's for going to the boonies, the boonies. But it's cool. It has little uh, fart holes at the top and everything. Yeah, no, it's great. I like it, and it's got. uh, What I wish my my black cap that most people see me wear. Mm -hmm. I wish that this had inside what the boonie hat has, which is uh, moisture wicking uh, headband. Wicky, wicky, wicky. So your head sweats and it never drips in your eyes in this hat. Whereas my cap, it it just builds in the. and the structural fabric of it until 10 years down the road, you just have this salty. No, that's what happens grimy. in the cap. It doesn't happen in this one because the moisture whipping, wicking, whipping, the moisture wicking fabric. I don't wiki, know what the wiki. fuck. I don't know how it's different. Maybe it, maybe it has antimicrobial too. But yeah, that with the, the cap, I've taken the cap in a couple of times to the dry cleaner because. There's a certain point where I'm like, oh, dude, this it smells like salt. Just because, you know, years of wearing a hat and sweating in it, that's, it's fucking disgusting. We talk about a lot of gross shit. <laughs> hey, we're people. People are gross. Human body's not, you know, not butterflies and bird farts. Yeah, if you're into the Lamb and Tom episodes, you are obviously not a very sensitive, um, easily, <laughs> easily scared person. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Oh, we need to do our questions for next week. And I don't remember anything we talked about. Um, Let me yeah, I mean, we talked about a few things. Talked, you know, a little bit about uh, communism and capitalism and cryptocurrency and blockchaining. Uh, talked about... We talked about... Who and buttholes. Um, Uh, I have a question for you. Okay. I want you to go to the MeUndies website and tell me if you were to buy a pair, what pattern would you buy? Okay, that's easy. Uh, What pattern and what style? Mm. You know, like if you're going to buy the, if you're going to buy the bikini briefs, we need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I could already answer that, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll look. Maybe I'll look and I'll see someone get inspired. Yeah, something might just, um, no pun intended, something might grab you. It might grab you. I'm I'm really excited about this whole non-sweaty balls thing. It's nice. It's And the other thing is they don't move. You know how like underwear move in the sense that they'll hike up or they'll, um, you know, you bend over a couple of times. I don't know, man. I don't know if I can believe that. They haven't moved for me to the point where actually I've shown people my underwear on accident so many times because I'll bend over and my pants will move, but the underwear don't. And I'm like, sweet, no plumber crack. I don't know, man. My underwear moves while I put my fucking pants on. Give it a try. You might be surprised. They hug your skin. But I got hairy legs. So do I. What do you think? I am a fucking swimmer? Well, I mean, shit, man. I mean, I have very hairy legs. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to try some of these on your pants. All right. What's your question for me? I'm at, uh, the, I'm at the keyboard now. Give me the things to type. I'm thinking about, I mean, kind of going along. I mean, I'll just follow suit with my last one. So I asked you to survive, um, you know, out in the wilderness. And since you reacted to my doll store um, 
comment in such a way. It's like, do you think he could spend the night over? You could, could you spend a night in a store that sold like your typical like creepy dolls? Could you spend the night in a, in a creepy, creepy doll, doll store? store? Dun dun dun! Tune in next week for these exciting things and so much more. I really feel like it's like a 1960s. I wrote crappy, um, crappy. 1960s Batman announcer. You know the Batman the TV show, of course. Creepy doll store. Okay. Uh, okay, guys. Uh, you can support me on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash holyfool productions, where this week I added a written piece that I wrote about uh, what it's like reading Bukowski as a uh, non misogynist male. <laughs> um, and I also put out an episode of Technical Ramblings about the new Dropbox. And Tom, what's your new Patreon? Well, the name is Random Tom Woodrumery, W O D R U M R Y. Woodrumery. You can send that to me as a text message. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to type that. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> um, but I'm still building it. You know, I'm still on the page of like, you know, about and all that stuff. And I'm seeing here Patreon page URL. So it's patreon.com forward slash. Now, do I just make that up? Uh, yeah, you right can. Now. So yeah, as long as it's not taken. Um, be- how about we'll say this? He's not going to have to name it right now. It will be in the show notes. Yes, we um, will. And then you can get it from there, and then he'll be able to say it from <laughs> from this point on. So you haven't put any posts up or anything, obviously. No, I'm still figuring out what the fuck this is. And uh, Lamb should be putting his up soon too. So. It'll it'll be also according to this. It'll be linked to my Instagram, which is sir dot, which is a period, which is a punctuation mark. <laughs> Beardo B E A R D O, which you should be able to find through if you go to the random badassery. Instagram page. There should be if you go into the uh, the tagged photos section, or just follows. We all or, or, or follow two people. You yeah, yeah follows or you know if you go to the likes, you'll see me. It'll be there. And uh, yeah, as he said, I almost feel like at this point I need to change it to like underscore sir underscore beardo because it's like dot. But I feel like if I say dot, most people know I'm not going to say sir dot like dot like my name is an s i r d o t b e a r d o sir dot sir yes but anyway um and as he said you can follow the random badassery instagram which is random badassery all one word also we have a twitter now it's a completely automated feed there's fucking no humans there <laughs> but if you want Thank something God. that's going to tell you when new episodes come out and is going to tell you when um, we, I'm going to try to link all of our automate all of our Patreons to it as well. So anytime a new Patreon post comes up, hopefully it'll go over to that Twitter. What the hell else goes over there? Oh, when I send out a newsletter, it says something there. And uh, oh, all of the Instagram shit goes over there, but natively posting images. So if you're not an Instagram person, you like Twitter, there's something you can look at there. And the main reason, main main reason we have both of them is. So that if you ever want to say something nice about this show on your social media, you can tag us so that people can actually come and check us out. Because that's what we need you guys to do. Start whoring this show out. What the fuck is that? I thought that was a guitar squeal at first. Oh, so I was just trying to do a little uh, recorder um, background music. 
Yeah, that was not uh, Legend of Zelda quality fucking. <laughs> Thank you, Yoko Ono. <laughs> That's literally every set. If you ever, That's if, what she sounds like. If no one here listening to this has ever, like, you're aware of John Lennon, Yoko Ono. You're aware of Yoko Ono as being a person. And you've never experienced or known what she does or what she ever did. What you just heard is what she does with her voice. <laughs> Only what I did, far more musical, far more pleasing to listen to. Uh, if you want to hear a better version of Yoko, what Yoko Ono does, listen to the song Rock Lobster by the B-52s. And when they start naming off animals, they do some animal noises and they're kind of an homage to the noise that Yoko Ono made and they're way cooler. Yeah. Okay, babies. Bye-bye. Peace out.